Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog, All Together, at altogether.swe.org. Looking for more information and data on women in engineering? Head over to research.swe.org and review the groundbreaking research that SWE has been conducting. SWE's research efforts include reporting on women of color in engineering and how community colleges may play a role in getting more women to graduate with engineering degrees. You can also check out the annual SWE Literature Review in SWE Magazine's State of Women in Engineering issue. Hi, I'm Heather Doty, FY21 President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by two guests, Dr. Rose Margaret Ekingi-Tua and Dr. Maisha Gray-Diggs, SWE's FY21 Special Directors. Their much-needed insight and expertise is greatly helping advance the society's diversity, equity, and inclusion goals. Dr. Rose Margaret Ekingi-Tua is a professor of engineering and coordinator of the Smart Manufacturing Technology Program at Ohlone College, with over 15 years of experience in higher education. Before moving to the U.S., she was the chair of the engineering department and senior lecturer of electrical-slash-electronic engineering at the University of West London, London, UK. She holds a Bachelor of Engineering with honors in electrical-electronic engineering, an MSc in or Master of Science in Mobile and Satellite Communication Engineering, and a PhD in Cybernetics. She has been recognized by UNESCO, BBC, and the IEEE for her contributions toward bridging gender and race divides in STEM education and careers. Dr. Maisha Gray-Diggs, also known as Dr. MGD, is the Senior Director of Technical, University, and Events Talent Acquisition at Twitter. She leads a global team that recruits the software engineers, product managers, data scientists, designers, and researchers responsible for the services and infrastructure that make Twitter the go-to platform for what's happening. She's passionate about changing the face of tech and works daily to ensure inclusion is happening in all of Twitter's recruitment efforts. Dr. MGD holds a Bachelor of Science from MIT and PhD from Northwestern in Materials Science and Engineering. Thanks for joining us today, Maisha and Rose Margaret. Thank you for having us. Plus one. Thank you. Heather, so much. Before we get to your new leadership positions and goals within SWE, let's talk a little bit about your backgrounds in STEM and experiences as women in engineering and tech. Maisha, give us an overview of your education and career. What initially sparked your interest in material science and engineering and technology? And where have those um, interests ultimately led you? Heather, interestingly enough, I started out as a mechanical engineering biology double major and thought I would be a doctor. Um, but the sight of my blood caused me to faint and force diagrams bored me to no end. Um, so after a lot of serious career exploration, um, I landed in Professor Donald Sadowski's freshman solid state chemistry class and like fell in love with materials. And some 20 years later, I've had the pleasure to research ceramics and archaeological metal alloys and polymers and more. And even, you know, more special for me is to see those materials come to life in products that are on the shelf, whether it be baby diapers and wipes um, during my time at Procter & Gamble, or to see them in cat litter and charcoal in my time at Clorox. 
um, you know, I've just been excited to see the materials come to life. That's cool. And as someone who does the force diagrams, it's nice to know we have diversity of interests in engineering. Um, my background structures. So Rose Margaret, how about you? Tell us about your background in STEM and what led you to pursue a career in electrical engineering and engineering education. Okay, thank you very much, Heather. I guess my interest was not structures and forces, but electromagnetic waveforms. And um, that's actually what led me to study electrical electronics engineering, and in particular, um, telecommunications, because that's what I'm really interested in, telecommunications. And um, I think a series of events actually triggered my interest in telecommunications. One started when I think I was about nine years old and we're in a foreign country and there, there were not lots of people that looked like me and the kids came innocently asking, hey, where are your tails? Do you live on trees? And I'm like, no, we don't. So at that point, I thought it would be great if the whole world could connect together, communicate, and um, actually understand things about each other and remove lots of biases and prejudices. And then when I landed in my high school physics class, I completely fell in love with optics and electromagnetic signals. And I just couldn't have enough of it and just wanted to know how to manipulate electromagnetic signals for telecommunication systems. I mean, we're doing a podcast now that's telecommunications. And um, that's um, how I found myself in college studying electrical electronics engineering and specializing in telecommunications. And I'm really glad to see how telecoms has evolved because we've got the internet and my dream of a nine-year-old of the whole world communicating together has um, come true. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so glad that you could be a part of that and that we're so reliant on it now in, in this day and age that it's it's great for, for the world at large and SWE also. So um, now that we've covered the backgrounds, what do you think are your greatest accomplishments as, as a Black woman in STEM and what motivates you to keep reaching for more in your career? Rose Margaret, we'll start with you. Okay, so I'll start with the second part of the question, what motivates me um, to keep reaching for more in my career? What really motivates me is impact, wanting to make a positive impact um, especially for underrepresented people or underrepresented folks like me in STEM and also my faith, but also some interesting role models that I've had in my life, um, like my mother. Um, she was a, a real motivation for me um, to reach for the stars. She always said, be a trailblazer, do the things that don't seem normal. And um, I have to quote one of my favorite role models of all times. And I, I try to kind of live my life by what she said, that uh, her mission, well, that's Maya Angelou, that her mission in life is not to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, compassion, and with some style. And I think that's really what motivates me to thrive, but doing that with passion for what I do and also compassion for people and also putting my own mark on it. So with regards to accomplishments, I think that each day that I step into my classroom or now teach online <laughs> um, and the light bulb is on for any of my students, I think that's a big accomplishment. When they get to appreciate STEM or engineering, that's a big accomplishment. When my students see me as a black woman in STEM, 
and embrace me and accept me in STEM, it makes me feel really happy because I know that they will definitely treat other Black women in the same way when they get into industry. So say I teach a thousand students, which I think I've taught more than that in my time, that I'm like, wow, they'll get to impact about a thousand women, a thousand women of color um, when they get into industry and ensure that those women are supported in STEM. Um, one of the accomplishments that I'm also pretty proud of is my TED-Ed um, lesson, um, which has had, I think, just shy of half a million views right now. And I'm proud of it because it really brings to fore the work that African-Americans have made to the field of STEM, and this is often not recognized. So just trying to create more visibility for people of color um, through that TED-Ed lesson that I created in partnership with TED-Ed has really been um, something that I'm really proud of, and I'd say it's one of my biggest accomplishments, apart from just teaching my students and um, positively impacting their lives. Thanks for that. How about you, Maisha? Same question. I would say that I, I still think my biggest accomplishment was getting my PhD um, in 2004. I was the fifth Black person to get a PhD in material science and engineering from Northwestern. And while that number seems small and 2004 seems a long time ago, um, Northwestern's department is the first of its kind when you think about um, material science departments used to just be metallurgy or metallurgical or ceramics, they weren't um, all-encompassing of every class of materials. So when you think about Northwestern being the oldest material science and engineering department um, in the world, to be the fifth Black person um, really was an opportunity to trailblaze. And when I think about the other stuff, not just the science work I did at Northwestern, you know, this was really the beginning of my recruiting work, You know, where I worked at Northwestern to also um, make the place more inclusive for underrepresented graduate students to also recruit them at the different National Society of Black Engineers, Society of um, for the Advancement of Chicano and Native American Scientists. You know, I really got my start in recruiting at Northwestern, so I have a lot um, to be thankful for. I think that degree really, that terminal degree really set me on my current path. And I think what motivates me is that I live my life um, by the Bible scripture, to whom much is given, much is required. And I think so much has been given to me throughout my career. Um, and so I think it is, it's my job to give back. You know, I, I am the mother of almost 10-year-old boy-girl twins. And, and I'm so motivated by making sure that the bumps and the hurdles that I had to go through, that my children and other underrepresented children don't have those. You know, um, I didn't have a role model in science. I had role models a lot in social services and, and teaching. My father's a teacher. My mother did social work, um, but I didn't have a, a, a role model in science. And so I'm very motivated to make sure that um, underrepresented folks see themselves um, and believe that they can do this because there are role models that, that exist. That's awesome. Thank you both for your, your passion and commitment to making the world a better place. In, in now we'll switch into to Swee's work in the in the wake of George Floyd's death and in tandem with the reinvigorated Black Lives Matter movement, Swee realized that our society had its own work to do when it comes to intentional inclusion. We were thrilled to receive more than fifty nominations for our special director positions, and you two were unanimously approved by the board to fill them. 
What has been your experience so far and have your views of SWE and its leadership changed as a result of your new positions? Maisha, we'll start with you this time. You know, I don't, I don't think I came in to this position with opinions or views. I was uh, first just honored um, that there were so many nominations and the board wanted me um, to, to do this. So that was the first thing is that I was honored. Um, and I think everyone has been so welcoming with information. I joke with Heather um, about how transparent um, information is shared. And so I think that's always a testament that people want change. People want you here is when they give you all of the information that you need um, and you just need to read through it. Um, so I do think that that has been so helpful in sending a, a very positive and a welcoming message to me. Um, and, and I think the fact that the board moved very fast with these special director positions, I think sent a sign not only to the organization, but also to me um, that you, you all were serious about making some change. Um, and so that was exciting for me to be able to come in and know um, that there was, there was room to do some things differently. Awesome. How about you, Rose Margaret? Yeah, I think just like um, Maisha mentioned, I think it's just really been very exciting um, just to see that SWE is ready for change. I've been a member of SWE for uh, quite a while now, and um, just having the opportunity to serve on the board as a special director has been an honor, and I'm completely humbled. I didn't think that <laughs> I would um, get appointed, um, but it's just um, really refreshing to see how Swiss eager to change. And I have to say kudos to you, Heather, for really taking leadership in that, um, because it's something that we've wanted for quite a while in SWE to just really show that SWE is serious about diversity, inclusion, and equity. And um, I'm just so really excited um, for what the future holds. I think it's going to be a very exciting FY21 um, with all the other board members on board um, eager to also um, see the much needed change that we want to see in SWE. So exciting. Absolutely. I agree. What do you each hope to bring to SWE's discussions, ideas, and initiatives? Um, okay, I think I'll go first. Um, so for me personally, I, and um, I think um, I can also say that Marisha also feels the same, um, the voice of the people. Um, I bring the voice of the people and all we want to do is just to be a channel um, for the voice of all the uh, people of color, indigenous people and um, black women in SWE. And um, for me personally, I think I also bring a global perspective. I've been fortunate to live in, um, I think now, three continents and work in three continents in Africa, Europe, and now in the United States. And so I bring that global perspective to SWE that SWE um, is, in fact, um, reaching out, increasing its reach through globalization. And so I think that that is really important because even as we seek to embrace or create a more diverse atmosphere and a more inclusive atmosphere in SWE uh, for people of color, I think it's important that we do not forget continents like Africa because that is where we have lots of people of color. And so I'm really excited that SWE is interested in globalization. And I think 
I bring that global perspective to. And also as an educator, um, I bring the voice of all educators um, to SWE, um, starting from K to 12, because that's the cradle, that's where it starts. That's where we really start to make a change. And then even feeding up through um, to the higher education institutions. So I also bring the voice of an educator um, to the table and to the discussions. And as we'll talk about later on, um, this really um, culminates to the areas that we hope to focus on um, as we special directors. Great. Maisha, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think the piece for me, um, in addition to the fresh eyes, I think Rose Margaret is definitely more of a sweet family member. And I sometimes I know I'm, I'm a sweet outsider and getting up to speed. So I think the fresh eyes and the new perspectives um, are going to be you know, welcomed by the community here. But I also think I'll bring the industrial perspective. And I think coming in from tech, where, I mean, all industry isn't created equal, one of the things that I've appreciated in doing the DEI work in my day job is how quickly um, we move in tech um, versus some of the older industries that I've worked in and done this DEI work. So I'm really energized to bring and kind of challenge the speed at which we can make some of these changes for SWE. Um, and I'm excited to learn as well from the SWE body um, as I also do some of this DEI work at my children's school. So I, I live it, I sleep it, I work, I play. It, it is part of who I am. And I'm going to learn so much from the SWE body as well. That's that's fantastic. And we're super excited to have you both on board for all those reasons that you both mentioned. Um, you two will be working very closely with one another throughout the year. So what are your main focus areas as a team? And what does success look like for each of you at the end of your one-year appointments? In other words, what do you want your SWE special director legacies to be? That is um, kind of a pressure question. That's the pressure cooker question, Heather, um, because Rose Margaret and I had talked um, and we had to become fast friends, I would say, as special directors, um, because a year can come and go so quickly. And if you're not really intentional, um, we won't have a sweet legacy. And so I think for both of us, um, we want to make sure that we've heard the members who've expressed you know, what they want to see different. And I, I can promise you all that we've listened to town halls. We've reviewed a lot of documents. And I think we want to make sure that members see themselves, a broader set of SWE members see themselves represented in the awards, in nominations, in leadership positions, um, and more. So I think we, we, we've tackled the big ones. I don't think we've um, <laughs> um, did any softball um, kind of kind of what, what our goals are for this one year. So I think we're hopeful that um, at the end of it, people will see things look a little different. Rose Margaret, did you want to add on to that at all? Um, I think Maisha said it all. I'll just also um, mention that um, we're also focusing on Swiss leadership pipeline. And um, we really want to see a diverse pipeline in SWE. And um, we're really grateful that um, SWE leadership generally, Heather Yu, Board of Directors, and all the other leaders are really working with us to ensure that um, come FY22, we have a more um, diverse um, leadership slate um, in SWE. And so I think that um, Maisha and I's leadership um, well, legacy, what we'd like our legacy to be 
is that um, people of color, black women in SWE are more visible and um, feel at home at SWE, that they can call SWE their home. And I think um, we're beginning to see that. We're really beginning to see more women of color um, feel that SWE is home. Definitely. So SWE is working on our own things, but how can others in the engineering and tech industries create more diverse, inclusive environment within their companies and teams? Um, that's a great question, Heather. And I know that um, in the wake of um, George Floyd and um, all the fight against racial injustice, there's been a lot going on and um, lots of companies coming out to recruit um more people of color and push for more diversity. And that's all great. Um, but one thing I'd like to say um, to all companies out there or teams is that for me personally, I think that one success indicator or metrics that should be used is retention. It's okay to get people in, but um, how do we retain them? How do we make sure that they stay? And that occurs by creating an inclusive environment. And um, also the second um, success indicator I would put out there is upward mobility. Um, do companies have the infrastructure or the structures in place, um, mentorship structures, sponsorship structures, allyship structures, to ensure upward mobility of women of color, that is extremely important. So I think um, we're getting lots of people in and that's great, but we've got to make sure that we retain them and support them to reach their full potential. And I think there's a saying, and I'm paraphrasing that says, okay, and this is my own version of it, diversity is in inviting people to the party, inclusion is asking them to dance, and I think equity is, um, allowing them to dance like no one is looking. And so for companies out there, we need to stop the revolving door um, by um, creating infrastructure, support structures that will ensure retention and upward mobility of women of color. I love, Rose Margaret, that you hit the big three, recruitment, retention, and advancement, um, because I think we have to set goals very measurable goals and, and uncomfortable goals, right? Because I think as engineers and as techies, um, when we set those goals, it drives the processes and the other systems that we put in place. And so I think the other piece that I would add is that I would encourage companies to lean into the uncomfortable and the unknown, right? We, we, we need to take big steps here. We need to do things, when I say uncomfortable, it could be the conversations that we're having at the company, it could be the policies, you know, when you think about, you know, and you look at, do I have the right board structure in place? Do, do the board members look like the community that we serve? Do they look like the employee base? I think when you start to challenge all of the aspects of how an organization works, it gets uncomfortable. And, and then that's when real change happens. I think when you make you know, incremental moves, when it's safe, um, the real change isn't going to happen to make these spaces more diverse and inclusive. So that's my challenge to all, all the companies. It's no secret that women are underrepresented in STEM fields and women of color even less so. You've both been very successful in your careers in the engineering and tech sectors. So what words of advice or encouragement would you give to your younger self or another young Black woman considering a career in STEM? 
For me, I would say to my younger self or a, a younger woman um, thinking about pursuing a career in STEM is don't be afraid to fail, but keep trying. Now, I, I recall receiving my first unbecoming grade at MIT, um, which taught me a lot about myself. And I think subsequently through life, I've learned a lot through my failures and not necessarily just my successes. But I know that when I find that combination and that sweet spot of what I'm passionate about, I'm able to work hard and nothing gets in the way, right? So I I also would encourage you to find out what interests you because when you do that, you will do that thing day or night. Um, You will do it for free or for pay um, and and it will eventually come really easy to you. So that's what I have for you. Yeah, I would also add to what Maisha said. um, I would say to my younger self or to a younger any Black woman in STEM or wanting to pursue a career in STEM, um, that you're enough. Believe in yourself. You belong there. You deserve to be there. And you've got nothing to prove to anyone. Because I think so many times we feel like we don't belong. There's some sort of imposter syndrome. And sometimes it's self-inflicted. Some is externally inflicted. But just to stop trying to prove that we belong because we do belong there and um, so that we don't burn ourselves out because <laughs> oftentimes in the bid to want to stay on and to prove that we're smart as any other person we tend to burn ourselves out so just keep believing in yourself know you belong there and um, never quit rest if you need to but never quit and um, keep moving forward because we're doing this for the next generation coming after us. Great advice. Maisha, Rose Margaret, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today and helping our members and listeners understand some of the intricacies of Swede leadership and its goals. Thanks, Heather, for having me. Thank you very much, Heather, for your leadership. And and thank you not only for sharing your time and talents with this podcast, but for the course of all of that you're doing for Swede for the whole year. So everyone, I'm Heather Doty. For all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.